You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. Hey all, welcome back to Cards to the Moon. My name is Clark from Five Card Guys on Instagram. And with me as always is Hyung of Integrity Sports Cards and John at Trade You at Recess. And believe it or not, this is our 50th episode. Crazy. The three of us, yeah, crazy, crazy. The three of us started this little podcast, if you guys remember, back in June of last year when we realized we were always talking about sports cards anyways. So we thought we might as well record our conversations. <laughs> and here we are 50 episodes later. So I just want to quickly throw it to you guys and ask, did you guys think we'd still be doing this almost a year later? <laughs> I, I I was, I thought we were, we're going to do it regardless, but it is yeah, right. pretty crazy that we have this many opinions, you know, on, <laughs> yeah. on a subject matter. Right. So I, I mean, it's been a blast. It's, it's kept me engaged more in kind of like the hobby as well, you know, just doing, you know, your, your research and all the hobby headlines before, honestly, Clark, uh, I, I never, uh, was a big hobby headline guy, you know? So right. to, for me to discuss this, this is way out of my element, but it, uh, it, it, it's a positive thing, right? It's something that hmm. challenged me to do things that I'm not, I wouldn't have normally done. So it's been awesome. Sure. It's been a great learning experience for me too, but, uh, no, I'm proud of us for sure. It's 50 episodes <laughs> sure. is not easy. Uh, you know, obviously this is not what we do full time. We have, yeah. uh, multiple tasks and roles, uh, you guys are parents. Um, you guys have families. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's not an easy feat, I'd say, uh, and definitely yeah, yeah. proud of us. Yeah, yeah. I'm, no, I'm surprised you say you're not a hobby headlines guy because you, you're <laughs> definitely very opinionated on a lot of these. Uh, <laughs> well, subjects. It, I mean, it, I have to now, right? I mean, <laughs> right. you know, I, you're you're forcing me and and, and to to gouge my opinion, right? And <laughs> but it's always value add. Young is always value add. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you, I agree with Young. You know, I I knew I knew that we would do fifty episodes because we're just talking as usual. I just wouldn't have thought, wouldn't have wondered. I wonder if anybody would be listening to us after fifty episodes <laughs> for real. <laughs> but the fact that we're here and listen, you know, the the number of viewers or listeners are, are continually growing. Like it's it's amazing, and it's a big thank you to all the listeners yeah. out there. Incredible, mm-hmm. very humbling for sure. Yeah, that's what I was going to add too. Like it's, uh, well, first, yeah, it's been a lot of fun to do with you guys, you know, and, and I think we got a lot more comfortable, like three, four episodes in the first few were like, you know, just getting used <laughs> to the dynamics of recording. Right. And, and now it's like, oh, it's, you know, we're just another night talking Clockwork. about sports cards. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And um, yeah, and second, of course, um, uh, one of the best parts is a growing number of people uh, listening to our podcast and giving us positive feedback. And uh, yeah, we look forward to giving more value back to our listeners for our next 50 shows. All right. So to mark this half centennial episode, I <laughs> wanted to ask also, since we started recording last summer, um, do you think the hobby has changed at all? And if so, how? Like if you think about when we started back in June, the hobby was kind of in a different place. Um, but yeah, just want to kind of just curious about about that. You know, obviously, there's a big, a lot of storylines that have happened in the past past year. Um, mm-hmm. But instead of getting getting into storylines, I'm just I'm just gonna say one of the surprising hobby things is base, the crash of base. Mm. That that was yeah. a big surprise for me. I mean, we when we first got into it, into this back in during the beginning of the COVID, when I first got into it and I started to connect with Young again, um, one of the weird things that I th- thought to myself was, I don't understand. And I'd ask Young, I don't understand how this base Luca rookie card, I, I don't think Luca, but whatever, this base of somebody, and then you get a numbered out of 199, and it would be not that much more expensive, you know? And Young right. would always say, no, numbered, man, you got to like long term, you got to go numbered. And I would always think, like, that's really weird how numbered is not that much more expensive than the base. And then last year, we started to see the separation. And then this year, with the crash of base, you now really see that separation, right? So I, one thing is, 
Okay, that it came true that numbered is going to separate itself from base. I think a lot of people were obviously predicting that, but I don't think many would have predicted um, base to crash this much. You know, like I could see some base mm -hmm. crashing, like Luca at 20, 20k and Zion at twenty k, but to see things like Booker and Tatum and things that aren't as you know like pop pop, pop count crazy to crash, like just almost as if this negative label is on base and you just have to like x stay away from it completely um that that, that was a big surprise to me in, in terms of hobby yeah. i think i think uh yeah the base uh it, it I, w I wouldn't even say it's a crash i'd say more like market correction right like as sure. as point. time goes by you're gonna it's gonna get so low to the point where it's like hey is it is it too cheap now where you could mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. potentially double it right or right. Uh, maybe you want to lock it up, uh, you know, long term, uh, and you don't really care about, you know, daily prices, right? So, yeah, I think um, uh, numbered uh, in the last year, uh, like low pop cards uh, stayed very strong, as seen in record breaking deals mm -hmm. or sales with with the, you know, PWCC and Golden, and um, you know, even on my slabs, right? So. Uh, I believe that that's still a positive trend uh, in the market, but uh, yeah, we we predicted that you know uh, there has to be a correction because you, you've seen the kind of like sliding of, I guess, pricing when we kind of started this. Where's the market kind of gonna go, right? right and right. Um, we said it was gonna go into a correction, and I I believe that we're still um, finding its correction. We we really don't know, and hmm. uh, there's still. A, a lot of future and left like uncertainty right so i think as that's why as time goes by um it looks like you know numbered cards are the way to go uh low pop and kind of like not not the day trading game but you know enjoy right. enjoy what you love to collect and you know go after you know work work hard and your hard earned money spend it in a good investment that you know you're gonna you know probably keep for years right that's mm -hmm. the way i would love to see you know sports card collecting become and obviously you could go and, and and make trades right so i think a lot of the hobbyists the old hobbyists they they miss this part of the hobby and mm -hmm. i i get it like it's it, it sucks that we don't have that you know um that hobby feel anymore but um as we we gotta adapt is is what i'm saying right sure. like regardless right. uh the market is what it is, and it's not going to stop anytime soon. And it's going to keep going in ways that probably are going to make people uncomfortable. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, um, I always say the markets never they, – they don't have emotions, right? All markets, right? So right. Right. Uh, it only takes one person to you know kind of say, okay, this is what I believe – I can accomplish with this, you know, technology. And then, you know, here we go. Right. Uh, so right. yeah. Um, over the last year, it's been, it's pretty, been pretty crazy. I'd, I'd say, but, um, I think sticking to the strategy to invest in goat type players, like we said, was, was important and, uh, yeah. Numbered if possible. Right. So mm -hmm. I think, uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You're right. Like when we started this podcast, like our episode one, was asking the question: Is this a sports a sports card um, market implosion or correction? And I think we all agreed it was a strong correction. And I agree with I agree with you both of you guys that um, we're still kind of in this correction phase. Um, when I first got into it, uh, yeah, I I didn't understand the whole base game either. Like I couldn't understand why some of the base cards had the value that it had, mm -hmm. especially with the Luca and Zion. But then, you know, on, upon further reflection, it's, it was really about demand, right? When so many people came into the hobby, the demand was high. So that dictated the, the price, the cost. And, right. and, you know, with things simmering down over the past year, demand has gone to uh, a lower level, you know, and, and then the supply is still crazy for some of these base cards. And it just makes sense that it will see that strong correction. Um, but I, I got to tell you the truth, like, when when everything was selling base cards graded base cards you know and and i always got in i didn't understand I'm like i'm staying away from base i almost got into base i'm like oh it's <laughs> like you know like it's like people are making money left right and center yeah. on the sidelines not For participating sure. um i almost got into it and luckily i'm like you know i stayed off still and just kind of focused on 
numbered cards. Uh, but yeah, like uh, you know, when it was when it was hot, when when the market was hot, yeah, people were making money off base easily. You yeah, know what I mean? for sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I think I think you know, even now things are beginning to open up with the pandemic kind of hopefully coming to an end, and you know. I think that means not as many people are in front of their computers. Maybe that's kind of cooled the market down a bit too, but um, but I don't see it going to zero. If like the local card show that we just went to last week was of any indication, like the <laughs> hobby is still bumping, right? And right. and maybe you know it's filtering some of the you know collector investor types, right? For sure. um, but it's it's still pretty sneaker strong flippers and those types, those types. Exactly. Right. Right. So. And on the cards front, yeah, I think as a whole, we're just definitely being more selective in what we want to invest in. So like I mentioned, it's no longer just any PSA 10 base cards that we think we could flip easily, but instead it's cards that are more scarce or even cards that just look cool visually. And, right. you know, Hyung, you mentioned already, and we say all the time, collect what you love. And right. it's really hard to go wrong when Absolutely. you take that approach. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, next year, I'm sure... By the time we do our hundredth episode, a lot more will have changed. You know, NFTs will be in the game. And, right. And finally. Other <laughs> finally. Uh, tech, you know, you know how fast tech moves. It moves very quickly. So. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, one more thing before moving on to our next segment, we'll be doing a small giveaway for our podcast listeners. Um, so yeah, so just look for details coming out later this week on our Instagram at Cards to the Moon, all one word, for a chance to win something cool. Okay, with that, let's move on now to hobby headlines. So this week, John, you thought of a good idea for an episode that I think would bring a lot of value to many of our listeners, which is when does it make sense to sell your cards for a loss? And I I think this is a good question because A, no one bats a thousand when it comes to making a profit on every card that we buy. And B, it's always good to pivot whenever the market changes drastically, which, you know, it always does. So, John, I'll let you go first in explaining what you actually did recently in terms of selling one of your cards for a loss and then reinvesting it into another card. But afterwards, I want to open it up to talk more generally about different buy-sell strategies as well that might give more valuable um, insight to our listeners. So, John, you go ahead first. You know, you want to tell us what you actually did uh, recently? Yeah. Um, So... For anybody that purchased cards from November 2020 to March 2021, when the market mm-hmm. was on its meteoric rise, uh, we're all probably holding the bag, myself included, on many <laughs> cards that have, have mm-hmm. gone down. And a lot of people, you know, we have a bunch of friends that um, purchased most of their collection during that time, right? And you know a lot of people that have left the hobby as a result. You get very discouraged. You're very you're, you're upside down on a lot of cards, but one you know one thing that we don't think about is, like for example, for myself, I've been for the longest time looking for a nice Luca card, and Select Blue. We all know that's a that's one that I've talked about over the last, over the the entirety of all of our episodes. You know that card back in. So if you imagine all of the cards that I might might have bought during the time when it was in peak, and some of them have you know lost sixty percent of its value or whatnot. And then you look at that Luca card that I'm, tr- I'm I'm trying to target, and that card was once you know sixty five hundred seven thousand dollars at its Great. peak, and now if you look at it, I think the last sale was like twenty six hundred, right? So if you really take the perspectives of the losses of your own cards, of, let's say a whole bunch of base, and then the losses of the card that you're actually targeting, it's it's pretty much equal. It's same same, right? So I think. If you take that perspective and that approach, it won't obviously it doesn't sting as much and it doesn't hurt as much. Like nobody really wants to take an L. So you're very stubborn. You're very stubborn to sell. You're like you're thinking in your mind, I'm gonna hold it until it rebounds. Um, but that's that's a thought process to take. If there is a card you're targeting, think about what it used to be worth when you purchased all these other cards. And mm. you can you can make sense in, in that way, right? I think. And in general, in general, if you take any losses, I think the general concept is: let's say you have a five hundred dollar card and it goes down to two hundred bucks, you just have to ask yourself: Do I believe the card I'm holding is going to multiply in the next twelve months better than another card I look at that costs two hundred bucks or whatever it costs, right? And right. if you believe the other card you're looking at is can rebound quicker than the card you're holding, 
then I think that's the time to make the move, right? So yeah, it's just something to think about. That's kind of what's been going on in my mind right now. Yeah, I think uh, I think what John was saying is like almost taking um, a loss, but putting it into a card that can have more legs uh, right. in the mm-hmm. future too, right? So um, that way, you know, uh, your buy-in, it, 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 you don't see it as a loss because you're still in on something that has a potential to grow, right? So I believe I, I've liquidated at a loss many times to, you know, fund a, a, a an amazing, beautiful card just because I don't, you know, maybe I lost a couple hundred, but, you know, I'll get, I'll make it back, you know, in the future when I do sell that new card, right? So another um, thing that I'm learning too, uh, even with my daily auctions that I, that, that I close on Integrity Sports Cards, um, mm-hmm. you know, I could, I, I, if I release three cards or four cards, let's just say, and I'm closing four cards that night. So it would be equivalent to you selling four cards. I'm at a loss on three cards, but uh, maybe I put up a, a card that, you know, um, I was kind of deep in profits in, right? So mm-hmm. I wanted to make, you know, as a whole, I'll get whatever money I can get back. I'm still, you know, maybe 50 points, um, you know, in, in profit uh, at that point instead of the 75, but I'm getting my initial investments back on, you know, stuff that maybe wasn't a great investment. So I could, I could almost take, you know, three L's and one win and still right. come on top right so don't be afraid to you know um sell like that as well right so i mean it takes yeah. a little strategy but i'm really noticing it it comes in hand when i do kind of when i try to organize my daily shuffle essentially yeah for sure no I, I think that both make sense and like just to add on to that you know for me personally um a couple of cards i re- recently sold for a loss was uh, i think i mentioned in a previous episode my Trey Young Silver Prism PSA nine, which I got for like seven, eight hundred dollars at the time, yeah. like a year ago, and um, I sold it for two fifty. Right? <laughs> so that's that's that, a that's, that's a bend a, me over loss. That's a big <laughs> loss, right? <laughs> but but to um, John's point, I reinvested that two fifty and got a PSA ten Silver Prism with Trey Young. There you for, go for eight hundred. The same right. thing, same amount I bought a PSA right. nine for a year earlier. Makes right? sense, I mean? yeah. And that used to cost four k, three point five, four k. So the drop is like huge. I, there I, as I well. take it back, clerk. <laughs> that was a good move. It was, it was, it was a good yeah, move. You didn't, you didn't let me finish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, like uh, you know, the one reason why I did that too is like you gotta, you gotta look at the market. Like PSA, when the hobby's hot, PSA nines were a good move. Because not a lot of people can afford PSA 10 cards. Right. But when everything's coming down, you, you just see that the PSA 9 cards lose their value so much quicker than PSA 10. For sure. Right? For so sure. So, like, I, I checked, like, recently how much that Trey Young PSA 9 is going for. It's, like, under 200 now, right? right. Whereas the PSA 10 kind of leveled off at that 700, 800 level. You know? It's right. not going further down, hopefully. You know? And <laughs> and so, like, yeah, you... you I think, John, you mentioned it, like, you know, we're stubborn in a lot of ways. So, you know, we either have false hope that it's going to rebound and go back to what we spend on it. But in reality, you know, what's more likely to happen, you're holding it to zero, right? So, you know, or, you know, close to and you'll you won't get those. Um, you, you won't see a profit on the, on some of the cards that you have. But, right, right. Yeah. But um, and another card, I it was a Durant. This kind of hurt the PSA nine tops Chrome. I got for two k, and I sold for about six fifty seven hundred. So, wow. so yeah, and and you know, I I put that into my Luka Doncic PSA ten Silver Prism, right. uh, which was about two point three k. So nice. you're you right. know you're always moving right, always moving right. money and try to, you know, not uh, dwell on the losses, but like we all just mentioned, see how you can um, invest in cards that you you have a better chance or hope to have a better chance of seeing or a higher upswing and i i think a lot of people need to do a better job like myself included i think we get caught in caught in the hype of media obviously everyday sports mm. plays a picture that's not the time to buy right like yeah, right. i think i think when when people were in it that do well in this in this space um when i did like my best it was always you know eight to twelve month cycles or yeah. like eight to twelve month cycles that I'm looking at. Like, what's a what's a cheap buy right now for you know next year, or, you know, or eight months mm-hmm. down the road, right? Where I see today's prices and I'm like, this is way too cheap. You know what? 
I don't mind holding this for eight months because I know when, you know, season starts, it's going to triple or whatever it may be. Right. So I think I think we um, get in obviously the, the FOMO area where you know we we see acuna coming back like this week right you see like honestly now is probably not the time to buy i mean obviously there there might be some cards that you know have uh value but in in general you know um i think i think people get hurt the most when they buy on kind of like on emotion essentially (laughs) right instead of instead of logic where they uh, foresee it as a you know sound investment eight months down the road right so and yeah that's that's what i i I always say you know um look at it at long term and uh buy what you love and i think with those two combination you can't really go wrong right yeah yeah and the beauty of sport uh, the beauty of sports and like prospecting or whatever if you if you're knowledgeable in baseball or hockey or whichever sport that you're the most knowledgeable in you're investing in or collecting, um, you have the ability and the knowledge to sense players, right? We can also kind of prospect players. So for example, if I had bought, you know, 10 Kesson Hira bases, PSA 10s at 30 bucks each last year, that's 300 bucks. And right now those are going for 10 of them. You could sell, you could buy for 50 bucks, right? They're going for right. way less than the cost of grading. But now, you you know, I have to ask myself, do I think Kesson Hira will rebound? But now you can kind of clearly see what kind of path the kid is on and be like, you know mm-hmm. what? I don't see it coming back. And even, even though I'm taking a massive loss and it's only $50, what is $50? You could put that $50 at the, and you're halfway to a Tatis base tops Chrome PSA 10, right? And now you're putting mm-hmm. that money into someone else who's also a buy low, but is one of the stars in the league, right? So I think that's the the whole point. I think number one, we can use our knowledge to our benefit, and that's when you know when you can bail out. When you kind of start to see the prospect, or you start to see the player, you know what? I used to think he had a high ceiling. I'm not sure I'm that much of a believer believer anymore. I think that's the right. time once you start to believe in yourself, or you can make sense of your own knowledge. You can be like, you know what? This is the time to sell, even if it's a major loss. You know. Trust your gut, trust your instincts, yeah. trust your knowledge, and I think you. Sh- and that's when you sort of make the move, right? It's a good point. Yeah, just having a stronger conviction of your plays, right? Right. So, looking the other way, do you guys have a rule that you set for yourself in terms of when to sell for a profit? You know, like, um, you know, like sometimes people just diamond hand it for a little too long. You know, right. when you could have probably, you know, might have been good to get out at two, three x. And then, you know, sometimes it comes back down. Like, do you guys have a set rule when you sell for a profit? For for me, I usually stick with, you know, I have two types of like buys. I have buys that are liquid buys that I'm trying to flip. Mm-hmm. And then I have PC buys that I'm basically locking in the safe and right. looking at as a long-term investment, right? So for me, um, th- those are the ones I want to I- I wanna sell. I, like, because once, once you sell kind of like those low pop, cards you're like i can't get that back Mm, right right, especially if you love it right so it's 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 the paper hand's not worth it right Mm -hmm, especially mm -hmm. if you stayed with the the process of buy what you love if you didn't then obviously paper handing would be very very easy because you see the money and the profit you're you don't really have any emotional attachment to it right so and when you look at it as an investment you shouldn't really have too much investment or emotional attachment but like i think cards that you plan to keep for a very long time. I think it's great to have emotional attachments, even though they're, you know, big time investments because yeah, over time, I think you're going to, you're going to have a, a rare piece of, you know, that, that history. So sure. Uh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. John, any rule that you follow? Um, not necessarily, but I'm, I'm kind of similar to young. I'll have my PC cards or, or a super long-term holds, and then I'll have cards where I'm, I can hold till whenever. And, and I think those cards, everybody should have some sort of strategy, you know, whether it's, okay, I will, the moment it three X's, I will, I will sell it. So just have some thought process in mind, or, you know, if something crazy happens, right? Like, you know, this playoffs, John Morant, all of us, you know, you're holding a bunch of John Morant cards, and we all know he's kind of like, on everybody's radar and he wins the first series 
has two 50-point games and his card is going to the moon, I think if something really special happens out of nowhere, you're holding Tiger Woods cards, he comes back, he wins the Masters, something like that. Something where just something exponential, some sort of exponential event happens. I think that's something to kind of pique your interest to sell at that moment because sure. yeah, especially yeah. if it's not something too rare, like Hung said, something you would regret because you just can't get back at a later time. If it's something you know you can get back, um, those are moments to definitely take advantage. Even if it's, you know, like we'd say, sell during the playoffs or basketball, sell, sell, sell right now. We're mainly talking about things like base and silver, you know, mainly liquid liquid cards that you know you could get back on a later date. There's nothing wrong with, you know, buying a $1,000 card, selling it for 1300 It's not even that much of a multiplier, but you take home the $200 after, you know, fees and whatnot. And then in the offseason, you buy back in at, you know, 900 bucks or something like that, right? So you've profited and you've come back in lower, right? So, you know. Yeah. Those are like just things. Yeah, those are things to just keep in mind. Yeah, for sure. Just curious, what's that Tiger Woods card that you have? Um, which one was that again? Which one? The Tiger Woods oh, it's, that uh, Johnny we, has. The, we both have the um, 2001. Oh, both of you have it. Yeah, SP, oh, Authentic, the SP Authentic. SP Authentic Gold. Right, right, okay. How much is that going for now? I don't. I don't we don't know. know. I don't think. Comps. I don't think yeah. there's been. I mean, a PSA a, nine recently sold for twenty nine fifty USD, and okay. we're both both holding the PSA tens. So, there's I mean, fourteen of them. So we have two of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Let's say it's seven k. Conservative, probably I, more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I probably wouldn't sell. I, I is if that. Okay. If that's what you're asking. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Let me finish. Let me finish. Here we go. All right. <laughs> he just say he won the Masters. Right. He didn't, of course, but thirty k. 30k oh you know what person personally i probably <laughs> wouldn't i i'd i'd, I'd tell him hey my buddy john has, has one. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a win-win right yeah four x from seven k i know yeah it, i mean it, i i'm in it i'm in it for 1800 i'm in it for 1800 oh, okay. and so like for me it's like okay. i've had multiple i've seen it sell for over 10k Right. You know, and I could have five x it, six x it, but for me, yeah. I I bought it because there's only fourteen in the world. It's Tiger Woods, who's the best golfer of all time. He's changed the dynamic and history of the sport. He has right. an incredible story. He's still playing after he almost died in a car accident. Like for me, that card is 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 a grail, right? And it's SP authentic. Um, the only better card you could get really is 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 yeah. auto, right? At that point, yeah. so. Um, it's a gold too, um, and the card looks spectacular. So yeah, yeah. it's it's. I'm probably a, a hold still. <laughs> I, honestly, I'm I'm the same too. I'm I'm only in on okay. it for about three, but um, yeah, it's one of these long term. I always on a P, even on a PC level, um, I wanted like a big Tiger Woods card at the time. I just couldn't I couldn't afford it. I mean, like they're way too expensive. Uh, the autos like at a minimum, it's like three grand, and it just wasn't in my wheelhouse. And then. You know, if if people follow my Instagram, I was able to swing a trade. I got lucky because my three hundred fifty dollar uh, Otani Sapphire PSA ten that I got turned into forty five hundred bucks, right? And I used that yeah. as one of the main pieces nice. in the trade, right? So, um, nice. yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, no, I'm. You know, I think it just goes to the point. Like, if you're emotionally attached to it, it's your PC. Of course, you're gonna the you're gonna diamond hand it. But right. um, if it wasn't like that, I feel like for me, if I had the same card um yeah it's gone 30k is gone <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, i would get uh something else with it right? yeah but right. Um, if it, you know if it was, yeah. it was something like the tatis blue refractor where yeah i, I love tatis but it's not quite as like a special right. card and then that card all of a sudden ballooned to like 15 grand yeah i think for sure i would sell it but the tiger was it's just a bit different it's like it's rare <laughs> it's it's a gold he doesn't really have that many like gold rookie cards like it's just it's, it's a little different than your average you know, piece that we have. So, sure. see, that's that's the key. If 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 all owners of the pot fourteen hold, okay, <laughs> yeah. agree to hold. Period. This is this this is the real money game, right? Like this is supply yeah. and demand, true supply and demand, right? And that's why people target low pop and a corner of the market sometimes, right? So I, I I have a chance to corner you know a couple of big Tatis cards. Right, there's only pop twos in a couple, like the Independence Day PSA ten, right, and the yeah, Father's nice. Day blue, right. So it's like those cards. If I see one available, I'm gonna buy it because I have both that exist, right. So, yeah. Right. So I think 
those high pop cards, they're a different game. And I think over the long run, I guarantee you, if we say, if we say, let's stop card collecting altogether now and come back and re- revisit in five years, I guarantee you all the low pop cards we will win on. I guarantee you. I- immensely too. Yeah. Right? I agree. The, the only issue is um, human <laughs> beings aren't. <laughs> There's always one greedy person that just wants to yeah, cash out. Yeah. <laughs> or undercut. Oh, man. Undercut. Oh, for yeah, sure. for sure. There's a cascade right. the opposite direction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I won't talk about NFTs, but that's the problem with NFTs. Right. Yeah, exactly. There's just people that just want to, you know, paper hand everything. And, right. And then, yeah, just lowers the value. But anyway, that's another episode altogether. <laughs> Uh, any any uh, what, any last uh, other buy sell strategies that you want to share or no for me yeah I think I, I be smart do your due diligence you know yeah. there's there's no easy money you know it's it's all thought point. carefully point. strategized you know everybody who does well in investments we're talking crypto stocks you know it's not saying you're gonna bat a thousand but you know if you do your due diligence at least it's gonna you know, give you the opportunity to get better in that field too. You're going to meet new people with different conversations because you have a different viewpoint and it's only going to better your uh, hand in in terms of what you're going to know in terms of your knowledge that can Mm -hmm. be applicable to kind of like your daily, I guess, uh, live and investment portfolios, right? So yeah, for sure. I think more than any strategy or thing you can do, I think the main thing is your mindset. If you hmm. set out to do something, if you set out to make a strategy, you set out to take a risk or not take a risk, um, if you're confident in that and your mindset is good on that, I think that's good enough. If you took a big risk on some small prospect and you put big money into him and you understand I'm taking a risk here and it doesn't pan out, have the mindset. You know what? I, I take the L on this one. I tried taking the risk. I tried to hit a home run. It didn't work out. I struck out. And you move on to the next instead of like really beating yourself up or, yeah. you know, having like regret of FOMO or whatever. Right. So I think just having the right mindset, being confident in your research and your plays. And if you happen to take an L, that's it. You just take an L and you move on to the next. Right. So I think dwelling on losses, yeah. dwelling on what ifs and all that stuff can really get to your head. Right. And it can really discourage you. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think mindset is probably more key than anything else. Love it. Yeah, yeah. I like what Hyung says. You know, all the time. Like, if 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 it doesn't work out, you have a story to tell, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always exactly. fun to, you know, talk about your losses. You know, maybe a year later, but right. <laughs> <laughs> when it's not so fresh. But yeah, for sure, all good advice. All right. I hope most of our listeners found it useful. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe we'll do this as a reoccurring segment every now and then. All right. Let's go on to our next segment, which we're simply calling Match Game. Okay, so this is really another version of buy, sell, or hold. But the twist is I'm going to give you a set of three names and you have to match each name only once to either a buy, sell, or Mm. hold. All right, so essentially you have to buy one, sell one, and hold one of the names that I'm giving you right now. Okay, and I've got four sets of names for each of the major North American sports, baseball, basketball, uh, football, and hockey. And uh, we'll start with baseball. All right, so... Buy, sell, hold, Acuna, Ronald Acuna, Fernando Tatis Jr., Juan Soto. Which one are you buying? Ah. Which one are you selling? Which one are you holding? You're killing me. You're killing me, Clark. (laughs) This one's just for you, Hyung. Ah, the Acuna gods are going to not like me. (laughs) Okay. Because I'm I'm selling Acuna right now. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm buying Soto. I'm holding Tatis. Oh, okay. Why are you selling Acuna? I mean, there's, there's high, he hasn't played a game and his prices are astronomical in terms of his high end stuff. Right. And it's only, it's only, I I feel like going up, especially with his uh, early return. I mean, he played his first, uh, I guess, triple A game in Gwinnett um, yesterday Mm -hmm. and almost hit a bomb. Um, And he was, he looked great out there. So he's, he's ready to play. I think there's an Acuna hype. I still think uh, obviously Tatis is injured, so he's super, super cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he could even be the buy. Um, and buy uh, Soto instead. Uh, yeah, you know what? Let's flip that. I'm gonna buy Tatis <laughs> okay. and 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 hold Soto because mm-hmm. I do right. I, I I do like uh, that as well. But I think both Soto and Tatis are buy, so can't go wrong. Okay, okay. John. 
I'm going to go sell Soto, hmm. hold Acuna, and buy Tatis. I think we're probably all in agreement to buy Tatis because he's probably the yeah. lowest of the three. Uh, Acuna, I like how... I like it's a hold. If you're holding big cards, his you know his hype is building up. People have been waiting and waiting and waiting. And Acuna is that type of player to just walk in and to hit three bombs in two games. Just do something magical. He is that type of person. Right. So I yeah. think a hold to wait for something magical to happen. And Soto, he goes through waves. Every year, everybody says it. Soto, he's a beast. He's the next Ted Williams. Young's been saying it for the forever. And preseason, his cards just explode right up to the beginning of the season. And then there's some kind of lull. Just like right now, Soto is, he came out of the gates flying and he's kind of like simmering down. And I think people are going to kind of forget and there's going to be an opportunity to buy him again. So I think Soto goes through waves. Right now is a time to sell him. Acuna, I'll kind of agree with Young. He almost made me flip-flop here. It's not a horrible <laughs> thing to sell Acuna. It, but I, out of the three, I'm going to say Acuna is the hold. And then Tatis is obviously the buy. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Uh, I'm going with buy Tatis. Like I'm actually looking actively for a good Tatis card because his prices nice. are dipping for sure. Um, I think the last Bowman Chrome, first Bowman Chrome Auto, BGS 9.5, Sold for just under three k, right? Which is, you know, right. It's like we've never five. seen those prices. Yeah, yeah. Sa- Sapphire. Sapphire, I think, is under right? two. You know, the, the gold out of twenty nineteen is like I think down to like twelve hundred. We talked about I talked about twelve hundred, the twelve hundred mark, like <laughs> yeah. long time ago. It's, that's a great card, by the way. Uh, I'll I'll say that right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tatis Gold, Tops Paper Gold. I believe the it's a pretty low pop as it well. Is. I think I want to say like one seventy five. I could be way off, but that Tatis Gold under like thirteen hundred is a steal. Mm-hmm. That to me to me that's a three thousand dollar plus card, and it can hold value because of the super low pop. Usually golds are a little more than that, but I think that's a great buy. Do you have one? Sorry, side note. I do. I do have okay. one. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Before this card airs, I'm going to see if I can. <laughs> 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 Maybe I'll pivot to that yeah. instead of waiting for our first Bowman auto to to go lower. I I, I think it's a great it's card. So yeah. low, You'll man. be okay. happy. You'll be happy. All right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so by Tatis, I'm uh, selling Acuna and a holding so- Soto. Right. Like, right. I agree with uh, like I'm so bullish on Soto. Um, you know, like uh, he'll have an outstanding career, and yeah, it might dip, but it's it's still like what you know, eight thousand for a base. Like it's you know it's yeah. not going down that much if at all, and um, yeah he's historically a slow starter but he always picks it up mid season to the end always right? yeah. yeah oh yeah like that's his yeah like that's his mo and and so I'm holding soda for the long run and then yeah Acuna like like you already mentioned I don't have to go deeper like his prices haven't dipped at all since the yeah. ACL tear so yeah. so I think it's that if anyone's gonna dip for a little bit is when he comes back and yeah like you know maybe he has to adjust to the MLB like the, right. to being at the show maybe there'll be a dip then to buy back in but right now the hype's so strong it's about to come back yeah I'm going to take advantage of that and sell alright second set of names these are the NBA probably the top MVP nominees Giannis Jokic and Embiid which one are you buying which one are you selling which one are you holding at this point Ooh, this one's tough it's, it's almost like I guess it has to be for me, Giannis sell, um, Embiid buy and joke it uh, hold. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I, I I just think Giannis prices are like the only uh, they're the only high ones that are enough to sell at this point. Joel Embiid mm-hmm. is next to nothing, so he's a buy. And I was looking at uh, Jokic's prices, and it was like. Five six hundred bucks for a prism, mm-hmm. like right. I was base, I was shocked. Yeah, base. I know it's the base game, but even the silver, the the prism, yeah. I think at twenty nine hundred. Come on, like for yeah. that type of and and I, I will say this, Clark. You said, "Hey, back to back MVP season." I said, True. "No, yeah," and and <laughs> we might see it happen. So, what no, would yeah. what would that do to his prices? Right. So, yeah, I'm a hold on him. Okay. What are you doing, Joe? This one's easier for me. Yeah, Jokic. I talked about this. Jokic is a buy. I'm going to put Giannis at a hold. And Embiid is a sell for me. I mentioned Jokic mm-hmm. as a buy before. The Prism at under 600 bucks. Uh, Embiid, I mentioned 
it'd be a great time to sell when his Philadelphia Sixers sweep in the first round, which I hate to say because right. it might come at the cost of our beloved Raptors. Raptors, sure. But I think that's a great time to sell Embiid. Um, yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, I'm actually going to go with John on this one. I'm buying Jokic. Um, well, for the same reasons you guys mentioned, just too cheap for the caliber of player that he is. Um, right. I'm holding Giannis um, because really I'm selling Embiid like. You know, he is cheap. Like, that's what makes me pause, definitely. Yeah, and I can understand is. why um, Hyung would definitely buy Embiid. But um, I don't know. Just a, I feel like out of the three, in terms of value over time, I think Giannis and Jokic will hold their value much better. So I'm, I'm going to sell Embiid on the hype of uh, his, yeah, like John, his current playoff success. Okay, right. we're, going, we're going to hockey now. Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, and Sidney Crosby. Hmm. This one's for you, John. What are you doing? Buying? <laughs> which one are you buying? Which one are you selling? Which one are you holding? Yeah. Uh, I am I am buying Crosby. I think he's the buy low of the three. I'm holding McDavid. Um, and I'm selling Matthews. Even though I would love oh, to have okay. I even though I love to have Matthews, but you know, Matthews is on the cusp of a sixty goal season, which is which is pretty incredible. And mm-hmm. he is going to start to be in the conversation of, you know, one of the best snipers in the game right now. And I think that's going to really, it already has, but it's going to start to make his cards rocket, you know, past the like McKinnon, you know, dry sidle territory and getting closer to, to McDavid. I don't know if it'll get to that high, um, but Matthews, I think it's a great like 60 goal season. You know, there will be a time we can get back in, especially something liquid like a Young Guns with a, some some more pop um, population. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's a number for me. Sell Matthews, okay. buy Crosby, hold McDavid. I like it. I Matthews definitely a sell. I've been selling Matthews for the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, right. McDavid's prices are, are taking a little hit. Um, so I think he's definitely a hold. And Crosby... I think his prices are way way too cheap for what he's accomplished. Uh, you know, just comparing like even you know McDavid's prices. Obviously, they're they're actually kind of similar, aren't they? Crosby and McDavid's prices, I guess. I think so. Yeah. The, there, yeah. yeah, it's getting there. I think it's pretty close. But um, yeah, I, I would agree with John on this one uh, and go uh, hold hold the the McDavid and buy Crosby, sell Matthews. Okay, I'm I'm gonna take a different angle. I am buying McDavid. I know it's expensive. Like I'm not actually buying McDavid because I got to save up for it. But you know, <laughs> the on the dip, I just think McDavid's gonna be one of those generational talents that everyone's gonna be talking I about. Can't, yeah, um, I can't argue it. Decade later, you know what I mean? We're gonna see the record shows for itself, and it's gonna be he's gonna be top of mind for sure too. Um, so I'm trying to get McDavid now before it goes up even further. Um, I'm holding Matthews. Uh, maybe it's a local thing. I, I feel like, you know, as long as Matthews starts producing, you could sell him at one of our, any of our local card shows. Right. Because, yeah. you know, For sure. the people are buying so Matthews liquid. all the time. Unbelievably liquid. In, in Toronto. Yeah. yeah. We saw that, right? At, at our local card show this past week. And yeah. um, and I'm selling Crosby. I, I, I'm with you guys. I think Crosby is very undervalued, but I don't know how many of our American friends will see it that way, even even down the road. Like is there is there a, a big enough market for Crosby to, you know, to have his card value be what it's actually should be worth? Right. I'm not so sure. Fair enough. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna say buy McDavid, hold Matthews, sell Crosby. All right, and we'll end off this segment with football. Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers, three one marquee is, quarterbacks. This, this one is tough. <laughs> this is tough. Oh boy! Who wants to take a stab? Who's buying? Who? Who's selling? Oh. Who? Who's holding? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I'll I'll go. I'll I'll. For me, it, Mahomes and Brady has to be a you know buy and hold between okay. the two right. between the three. I like Aaron Rodgers' price, but um, I do too. You know what? He's he's he he's had. Two great seasons, Aaron Rodgers, and you know what? It's his prices have uh, gone up a bit uh, from the past. So I'm going to say sell Rodgers. Um, obviously, hold Brady and buy Mahomes because I think Patrick Mahomes' prices have have taken a dip mm. 
over the last year. I remember his his like XRCs were north of 12k, yeah. you know, and now they're like half that maybe. So um, yeah, I'm going uh, Mahomes with a with a buy and Brady a hold. Okay, I like it. Oh, this one's, John, this one's really uh, this one's really tough. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to say I just changed my mind right, right now. I I'm going to say buy Rogers. Hmm. Um, you know, people people harp on him. He's like the one of the greatest regular season quarterbacks of all time. But he's he's still elite, and he's he's coming back, and I think he's gonna give it. You know, he's gonna have another chance to do it again. Um, and his cards, some of his big time cards are really affordable um, in comparison to other great quarterbacks. And Rogers sure, probably, yeah. you know, I'm guessing he's gonna finish in the top ten all time for quarterbacks. So I think he's a good buy. Um, I also think Mahomes is a good buy, but I'm a, I'm a little worried that. I'm a little worried that his card is going to fall even further than what it is at right now. So I will say Mahomes is a sell and Brady is a hold. Okay. I, I'm still like very, you know, my eyes are still on Mahomes, but I'm, I'm actually a little bit concerned that it'll go even even less, which is probably good news for Clark, you and I, because we've always been kind yeah, of yeah. wanting one. Um, but I'm Absolutely. a little worried in talking, you know, at present day right now, I feel like Mahomes' cards could go down even further. So I will mm. say Mahomes is a sell, and you can come back into it later if you have Mahomes' okay. cards right now. No, I could totally understand that. Um, but I'm actually going with Hyung's order. I'm buying Mahomes, <laughs> um, holding Brady, and selling Rodgers. Uh, so Brady's a mm-hmm. obvious hold. He's going to just be, you know, his card value is just going to go up over time. Um, but yeah, to the point about Mahomes' card value... Like I've been looking at his Optical for a very long time, and it's right. it's not not you know breaking the three k mark. You know it's not going lower than that. So I think that's the you know the you bottom right now, right? Like for sure, it seems to yeah, yeah just kind there. of have heavy resistance there. Yeah. So um um so yeah, I'm I'm afraid like I've been burned so many times on these kind of marquee players where i'm like oh i could go lower and then it just doubles the next season you're like oh i should have bought it when it was 3k you know yeah so i i, I really want to get him a homes off to Kahlo for you know around that price so i'm kind of you know looking to buy Mahomes yeah now before it goes up because i'm just bullish on Mahomes in general and right. uh yeah selling rogers like rogers definitely his rookie cards um certainly have value so i might as well cash out now and and um yeah out of the three, definitely selling Rogers. All right, uh, yeah, I think we could have more fun with buy, sell, hold, or this match game um, with uh, any combination of three amazing players from each sport. So we'll we'll, we'll do sure. it again in a in a future episode. All right, uh, let's end off this episode with our regular weekly segment that we call Pick One. And this week it's our regular edition, which is just each of us putting up two cards or sets. And uh, we debate which one we would rather invest in. All right. So, Hyung, do you want to start things off? Sure. Um, I'm going to go with uh, a Topps Chrome Rookie Auto. So, in general, a Topps Chrome Rookie Auto versus a Bowman First Chrome Auto. So, if somebody's like, what should I invest in? There's two cards mm-hmm. of, let's just say, Vladdy. There's a 2016 Bowman First Chrome Auto. And then in 2019, there's a Topps Chrome Auto. I don't know what to invest in. What should I invest in? What's the difference? What's the better value? What's the better upside? What do you guys think? Yeah. So most, this is mostly for baseball because we're comparing Bowman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to be a baseball. Right? I'm a baseball yeah, yeah, yeah. guy, so I'll yeah. stick with what just to I know. Clear, just to clarify, yeah. Yeah. Johnny, you go. Oh, man. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm, I'm still deciding. That's why. I know, right? <laughs> Clearly, I think Topps Chrome... The rookie autos, oh man, it's tough. Bowman first has, you know, when I first got back into it in 2020, it was actually pretty close. But I think the whole Trout, you know, his his, his uh, first first Chrome. I mean, I didn't they didn't call it first Chrome auto back then, but his first Bowman card, it really started to set the bar for Bowman first, and I think it's taken a huge leap versus Topps Chrome. Mm-hmm. So I think I think the easy, uh, I don't know. Um, 
Because you got to really remember, I, 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 I did this, yeah, it, because Topps Chrome is going to be undervalued in terms of a lot cheaper. Because right. in the in the in yeah. the bigger stars, you're going to see a huge, massive premium for a Bowman First Auto. So would that for be sure. a better investment? Totally. Or, yeah. So it, totally. I'm just trying to figure out where my money is going to be best spent. I know I threw a wrinkle in you guys' brain, but <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> I'm going. You know what I. I'm going to ride the wave with Bowman first Chrome Auto. It's more expensive, but the way some of these bigger cards are moving and the way the hobby is eating up Bowman first, maybe it's a bit of a fad and maybe Topps Chrome Auto pushes in the future. I could see that. So I don't know. I'm not sure which one I'm... I'm not picking either with confidence, but I'm going to ride that Bowman first Chrome Auto wave and pick that as a better investment, even though the price tag is probably four or five X. I just think that just people love it right now. They're eating it up and there's not that much out there for most of the stars. Um, even a base like non-refractor. So uh, even if, you know, like people eat, even if it's like a BGS nine auto nine, like people are still eating that stuff up. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to go bone first. Yeah, man. When I saw this question, I think it largely depends on your budget, right? Like if you can afford it for me, if you can afford it, Go first Bowman Chrome Auto. Um, but I understand the argument of, you know, the lower price point of Topps Chrome Auto. Like, honestly, if you can't, if you don't have the budget, like, Topps Chrome Auto is perfectly fine. It's actually totally. great. Like, I have a, yeah. you know, I have plenty of Topps Chrome rookie autos of uh, players that I don't want to, or I, I don't, you know, want to spend all my money on their first Bowman Chrome Auto. Right, but if right, you can, right. I'm going with first Bowman Chrome Auto. Um but yeah, like uh, that's hard. I, 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 <laughs> I think I think this question is similar to that question we had, like a a listener had about. Remember the Joe Burrow where we didn't like buy one silver or buy four optics. Right, right, right. right, right. I think that's. I think it's very similar to that. I don't think either can go wrong if one of these players, one of these players pops off like Vladdy. Um, whether you're holding a ten thousand dollar first Chrome or you're holding four twenty five hundred dollar. Um, sorry, did I say? So Bowman first, ten thousand dollar Bowman first, or four uh, tops Chrome autos. Um, I don't think you can go wrong. And if you hold the strategy, up, they're both going to go up equally in ratio. I think, I believe. So you know, yeah. if you're the type to want, you like a bit of PC and sell. I, I think maybe the the cheaper version, getting multiples of the cheaper version, might be the play if you can afford it. But right. I think I think if it's a marquee player too like mm-hmm. if it's a vladi i'm gonna try to get the first bowman chrome right um but if it's like a, a above average player eloy maybe i don't eloy like, is a good one or a um, chisholm jazz chisholm jazz right. chisholm is a good one too like I, I i might you know if i want to get in on him i don't want to invest that highly in right. you know i don't have as strong a conviction with those players that's true i might go with the tops chrome at that at that point but if it's like a one soda, if I could afford a, obviously if I could afford a Bowman Chrome, <laughs> I'm holding it. Cause I feel like with marquee players, when they do pop off, like the, everyone's going to like big money's all, they're all going to want Bowman Chrome and For they're sure. going to be willing to spend it. So. Okay. Um, you know what? That my, my, uh, answer is Bowman first as mm-hmm. well. But at, at looking back at all my moves, I probably didn't make much money off of any Bowman first because <laughs> right. they, they were already inflated like right, all, like by the time they made the major leagues but then where I won out the most like was Topps Chrome of like Vladdy Ricky autos hmm. that I bought raw for like a gold wave for like 500 bucks for instance gold, yeah. gold wave auto wow. right and then you grade it and then you end up selling it for like 3-4k right so to me you, you you can't do that really on the Bowman first auto because one 2016 like when those cards started coming out, um, you know, there was already a hype and there was already a kind of like a floor in terms of price, right? So there was there was the hype baked into it. So I don't know if there, the reason why I, I guess I, I asked this question is I, I believe that there might be more opportunity if you're early enough in the Topps Chrome game. I can see that. Just mm-hmm. because the Bowman Chrome is has already been out there and Topps Chrome uh, might be new and fresh. There's grading opportunities where you can multiple your money. You're not, you know, really buying slabs at that point. And you could even multiply that if it grades well, right? So I, my heart says Topps Chrome because obviously I've, I've done that. But um, 
like my head saying Bowman first Chrome Auto is the right answer. So, so that's what I'll get. I'll, I'll leave it at. <laughs> yeah, that, you know what? That, yeah, that's yeah, a good point. Because I was, for me, I was thinking this question in my mind. I was thinking of guys like Vladdy, Acuna, Soto, right? Not mm-hmm. thinking of you know Mayer and like all of these young young guys that you know already their refractor autos are like five thousand dollars. I'm not yeah, thinking yeah. of those guys, right? So you're actually right in in terms of like the young guys who haven't proven themselves. There's so much. There is so much risk versus. Yeah. Eventually, if the top Chrome comes out later on, so it's a good point. So we're all saying it's a smart move to get top Chrome, but we all choose Bowman Chrome. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> Pretty much, and therefore do not listen to us. Yeah, yeah. You, you want to make money? Go get the top Chrome. Yeah. All right, <laughs> that's a good one. I'll go second because mine is kind of related to that. Okay. Um, so it's the Vladdy. I'm choosing Vladimir. So like uh, a marquee player. To, to your point, John, a Vladdy Tops Chrome Green Refractor, so it's numbered to 99, okay. autographed, um, versus Vladdy Bowman Chrome, first Bowman Chrome base auto. Mm. Um, both graded BGS 9510 to keep it consistent. They both go for 3K. So mm. you got your Tops Chrome, which we say is the smarter move, but oh, you know, there's, the, <laughs> there's the Bowman Chrome just has uh, more prestige to it, I guess. But This uh, segued nice, really nice into this. Yeah, no, this is more specific. This is, this is an example. <laughs> perfect the example. There you go. Let's see what I'll, we'll actually I'll, do. I'll go, I'll, I'll go first. I'm, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the Topps Chrome Green Refractor Auto. Right. I think it's a beautiful card, just period. Like his his 2016, I, I don't know, his his autograph, he needs, he needs some... <laughs> You know, yeah, he was—he's a little young with that, right? Has to learn to, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I—I believe uh, his green uh, is so underrated. One, but I think his Topps Chrome Auto is one of the best-looking cards of his. Period. Because it's on-card auto. It's a batting—it's a batting image. He has a white uni on, and it's just uh, especially the the colors in Topps Chrome that year. Hmm. They just hit—they hit different than like 2018, 2017, the previous years. So I'm gonna go Topps Chrome. Tops Chrome Green Refractor Auto. Okay. <laughs> there, I answered it. Yeah, yeah, you're consistent with what you normally yeah. do. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> this is a this is tough because from a personal level, I'm not. I don't like base. It doesn't look all that special, but it mm-hmm. is Bowman first. And I don't. I don't like green refractors. I don't like the way it looks. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure most of the market agrees with me because. You know, Topps Chrome Greens are numbered out of 99, and most blues out of 150 will sell outsell the green, right? Right. Um, <clears throat> but in this instance, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Hyung on the green. I think when you have the both of these cards in hand, no matter how much I hate green, only looks great on like Jason Tatum green. You know, the green prism. Right. <laughs> No matter how much I hate it, when you hold like a refractor in hand, whichever color, and by the way, purple is also supremely underrated. Yeah. It just, it still looks beautiful. I will say it still looks beautiful. It's number 999. It's an autograph on card. Hmm. So from a personal level, they both have, you know, they're both great, but I think the green is a bit underrated. And on a personal level, I think I would enjoy the green a little bit more. So I will go, I think I will go green. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I'm the only real baseball card snob because I'm staying with the Bowman Chrome first. We saw that coming. We saw yeah, that coming. I, you could you could kind of tell by our collection. It's yeah, totally. Oh yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's I, so I, funny. You guys know I already have the first Bowman Chrome. I own. Yeah. I own no price. Bowman first. <laughs> yeah. i'm like would i trade this for a tops chrome green refractor autograph i'm like no no never <laughs> so yeah I'm, you know maybe it's because like you know like young too you know we're primarily where we started off as baseball card collectors so um, bowman chrome has a certain um i don't know i just have a personal preference towards it but but yeah, I thought this would be a hard one. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm sticking with Bowman Chrome. All right, John, I, you're gonna, you go ahead. I, I will yeah. say one thing. Just uh, we, we talking about losses is random. I uh, I had a Topps Chrome Vladdy Green Auto. Uh, I got raw, submitted okay. it to BGS. So mm-hmm. I I bought raw at the time. I believe for like 350 bucks. 
Wow. And uh, and that was expensive at the time. Sure. Because you sure. start getting. I remember I paid like six, seven hundred for the gold wave, right? right. So f- three hundred, four hundred, even with for Tatis. But anyways, I sent that green into BGS and it BGS ten ten. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah, and then I I, uh, I I I thought I was a champ and I sold it for thirteen hundred bucks. Like I was <laughs> I was on top of the world. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead, John. I took a I took a L on that one. That's like a 10k card now, right? Yeah. Oh boy. Okay, it feels like it's another baseball episode. I'm sticking to the baseball theme. Um, this is a this is I this has been on my mind, and you know I, I've been wanting to kind of get into this. So it's it's a personal question. Better long term hold of a marquee baseball star. Uh, one of the young baseball stars, uh, and we're gonna leave Bowman first out of this. So it's just it's just major league cards, flagship. <laughs> so okay. we're gonna go with Soto Chrome Update Refractor numbered out of two fifty, PSA ten, roughly the last one sold for fifty two hundred, versus any single card around that five thousand mark of either Acuna, Tatis, Vladdy, or Otani. So like, I don't know. One that came up to mind is the blue blue refractor that I have of the Tatis. Worth about forty two hundred, Acuna Sapphire worth about six thousand. So, long term hold. Update out of two fifty, and you we, you guys know we all know Soto cards super rare, especially numbered, five K versus any of the other any other five thousand dollar card of any any young superstar, which is the better long term hold? Ugh. And this might kill me because I actually want to try to get that update refractor. And if whatever you guys answered by the time this episode comes out, I might be lessening my chances with all these other people going out and buying it. (laughs) Me being the owner of the Soto Chrome 10 Auto, um, I will say that the card is amazing. And like Soto in general, if you have a chance, even at 5K, I think it's a great buy. Like I, I I would buy that because you're putting it up against you know any other card out there like for me i think there's there's better value in a bigger card of like let's just say vlad for instance uh like like a tops chrome auto a colored like a gold (laughs) a gold wave tops chrome auto at that 5k price right i personally would like that over a soto I had the Soto Auto and I loved it. I actually sold it, but uh, yeah, that shows you how much I actually liked it. But um, <laughs> I like, yeah, for me, so so Soto is is tough to grab though. Just in general, I'm telling yeah. you, he's hard, very hard to pull the trigger on because his prices are so, so so high. And when you see it, when you see a good deal, you got to be ready liquid enough to pull the trigger that's why it's right. it's so tough to bring home a soto right so i but i'm gonna say i'm gonna say uh i'm gonna go with like a like a tops chrome vladi auto like a gold wave almost at 5k hmm. so you're going to the field i'm yeah yeah, yeah yeah like <laughs> got it okay um Man, I think for me, it just boils down to which player you value the most if you're thinking about long-term hold. Right. And like I mentioned in the previous, you know, discussion, like I'm so bullish on Soto. Um, if you could get a hold of one, especially a nice card like the Chrome Update, I'm I'm going with that and holding. So, uh, and there are a lot of, yeah, it makes it harder because there's so many other good choices on the other side. Like, I agree, like the Gold Vladdy, I would love to have, but... Um, but if I'm thinking about which one do I feel safer with as a longer term investment, I think I'm just going to hold on to Soto, uh, especially if it's a card like a Chrome update. So Soto. So for it's me. more the player player based. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I um I asked this question because when I saw the last sold of the update refractor, and I've been looking at Soto for a while, and even his rainbow like. To get into something other than base, you're looking at obviously rainbow foil and the pink refractor underrated on the tops chrome on the mm-hmm. tops chrome side. Very underrated, but they're still going for. I think right now, now I don't know if it's shield bidding or real, but some of these numbers have been popping up to like sixteen hundred for each of those cards. So they're get they're getting up there, and you know we all know Soto cards are rare. 
to get that flagship image numbered refractor you know when i saw 5k i thought to myself now would i trade my tatis blue for that card i love tatis but in terms of just like again kind of going back to that tiger woods gold something rare enough and special enough that i feel has supreme long-term value it made a lot of it was like yeah i would absolutely in a heartbeat cash in my blue refractor to get that psa 10 update out of 250 right so that's now what i'm thinking i'm definitely i think that chrome update at 250 is at 5000 is the better value amongst any of the young <laughs> young cards at five five grand i think it's a great buy i even was thinking man if we find like the tops chrome gold out of 50 in the wild because the last one sold in january for 20k i was even in my mind i'm like would i trade my entire big boy collection to get that gold refractor. I'm like, I I actually might I actually might do that. Like that's how Let's start all over. Like that's how I think, especially gold, gold sotos, anything rare soto in that flagship image. Man, I think I think long term hold it like sky's the limit. So. Well, what we'll see at the end of the year when Tatis comes back with 300 at bats and still leads the NL in home runs, <laughs> yeah. and and see your blue is yeah, your blue is you're like I'm gonna hold this to the moon, you know. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. We'll we'll remember this episode. Yeah. And then, <laughs> Especially sure if I pull it, it. If I pull the if I pull the deal. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Uh, great show, guys. Uh, yeah. Just want to give a shout out to my co-hosts Young and John for making the first fifty episodes a lot of fun to record, as well as a shout out to all our guests that we've interviewed in the past year. Uh, we hope to have many more this season. And lastly, of course, we want to thank all our listeners and subscribers to our podcast. We love connecting with you guys and we hope you'll stick around for our our next 50 shows. And as always, you can reach out to us on Instagram at cards to the moon, all one word, or at five card guys. And uh, yeah, we'll be back for another new episode next Tuesday. See you then. Hey, thanks for listening to cards to the moon. We'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at five card guys or you can follow Hyung at integrity sports cards or john at trade you at recess you can also check us out at fivecardguys.com thanks again and hope to connect soon